Welcome to my podcast, Living with F. So, we are in the time of the year when everyone is talking about the year. It's really already nearly 2018. So, what did I achieve and receive? I did some good things in 2017. From being showcased in exhibitions and newspapers, even in the Baltic, to receiving some income from Getty Images, and giving back myself. It seems that's the time of the year where there is an urge for many in giving back to the world. And there's obviously a benefit in helping others. And it's apparently a therapeutic thing we can do for ourselves. Lots of research has confirmed that having a purpose outside yourself is good not only for your mental health, it's also good for your physical health, longevity and even your guests. So, that's why I did it as well. And I gave me a new camera. <laughs> Just joking. So, what I did was working with a local NGO. It is called Reality Gifts and is practicing and doing work here in Mumbai and in New Delhi. They are really doing a great uh, deed here, especially in Dharavi, which is the biggest slum here. I joined with them as a photographer for their annual issue and it turned out splendid and they made me the main photographer. So, that's nice. But... Uh, not so much about me in this field. You can read more about it on my blog, which you will find in the show notes. So I wondered myself, self, and maybe if you looked at my work, you wondered as well, what was the difference this year in my images and why I did get a good amount of interest in different media. And I easily can tell you the secret, which is not so much a secret at all, I think. As I have been sketching and doodling for many years, not that it is the best of the best, you see, that's the reason I'm a photographer, but that's anyhow not the point here. The point is that when I was sketching, I had to see things at first. It doesn't help if you just glance at things, if you just look them over. You have to see them in order to sketch as best as you can. And in forcing myself more into the realm of sketching, I noticed that this ability soon became second nature in photography as well. I did see the scene and not only looked at it.
working and living in Hanoi with a photographic club, which I founded there, or I took over from someone who already had founded it, uh, to be frank. Uh, but we had at least afterwards 32 participants and we did some different workshops for beginners, for intermediate, for whatever you can think about. And one of these workshops was an alphabet shooting. It was not allowed to take alphabet like uh, the real letters from a poster or from cars, something like that. But you have to find the alphabet in the nature, in architecture, in forms of shadows, something like that. And uh, we did it in a group on a weekend. And afterwards, everyone had the chance uh, to do its own work for the whole of month. And at the end of the month, we got together and everyone who wanted to show his best could show them. And some really got all of the alphabet and some partly. So it's easy to get a C, a D, a E, a O. You can imagine if you look around you what you can see. There are some difficult ones like the Q, for example. But nevertheless, what one of the participants told me afterwards was, he hates me. Uh, he doesn't really hate me, but he was kind of lost in his thoughts when he was going around he always saw letters now he had really to untrain kind of his brain that he doesn't see the letters anymore and uh, that's a good example if you look at things and for things you can find them after a while quite easily and you will see them totally different than before Okay, that was one, one kind I improved. The other kind was uh, that I had a chance to travel a lot. And this is my second tip. Uh, you should spend not as much as you might think on your gear, because most of the time the gear is better than you think and uh, you can make much more if if you try and uh, if you spend some money for a workshop which I did uh, I will tell you next year about this experience um, and in traveling where you see other things and uh, it ha doesn't have to be a, a far away trip it can just be around your neighborhood and you see different things than you see normally the day over so funny enough when I think about traveling my parents came to my mind and they always said I should stay safe I 
shouldn't spend so much money on traveling. And uh, then came, bam! What I said was really shocking for me because I had the urgence to travel and they told me, well, it's so nice here at your home, at our home, why don't you just stay at home? Yeah, it is nice for them to think this way and uh, I know they think uh, foreign countries might be dangerous, uh, mostly you don't know people there, you can get sick, uh, the food is different, but that's the whole fun of traveling and to see new things and get new impressions. From, from traveling, so what I'm doing is uh, surely I make my inquiries. I'm looking in the internet and I'm looking as well on on guides beforehand uh, to see what I like to see, kind of, and what I can expect ex, uh, at the destination I'm traveling to. But otherwise, I'm not going by the travel guides, um, especially not with the travel guides when they predict what you should see, how you should experience a city, where to connect with locals, and things like that. So in my opinion, that's really not traveling. It's just being checking lists off. And uh, it's just, you are just an ordinary tourist. I don't want to be in the limelight, uh, but I don't want to be an ordinary tourist where I just go where everyone goes. Rather, I go where the locals hang out and uh, I'm looking to find a nice coffee shop, uh, tea house or something like that. Um, looking for some meetups uh, for hiking, for photography. Uh, it can be anything what what you are doing, what you like to do. And, and when you meet the people there, uh, most of them are very proud of their country and they are happy to share their favorite restaurants, places and weekend getaways. And so you get even better tips than you would get in any travel guide. So as you know, I'm living here in India and uh, in one of the main cities. It is a gigantic colors here. Mumbai is is straight away. You can, if you are claustrophobic, I tell you that's not the place you want to be. This metropolis can be exhausting. There are certain factors like the high heat especially summertime, the humidity, noise, traffic, and the mass population. But 
On the other hand, I think there's nearly no better land for street photographers. It is in a special, a fabulous place, especially when it comes to people. Many Indians are more than happy to oblige if you ask to take a photograph and you can have wonderful opportunities for impromptu street portraits. In my experience, this is uh, in stark contrast to the response you, can, you will get in the Western world, in Western cities, where everyone is a little bit uh, reluctant to allow a stranger to point a camera at, uh, close at his face. In fact, on the other hand, uh, the problem in India tends to be as soon as you are given permission to take a portrait or a photograph, then uh, it doesn't take a long time and you are surrounded within seconds, it seems, um, with a crowd of family, friends and everyone wants to have a picture. So if you want to get a portrait, then you have to be prepared and be fixed, otherwise uh, it will be a mass portrait. That's the other problem. Um, you can get very good portraits, but to get very good candid shots in India is uh, difficult. There's an extreme alertness of everyone on the street. And unlike in most Western cities where everyone looks kind of for himself, they want, don't want to have the camera direct in their face, but if you are playing around with the camera and taking some images, It doesn't matter so much and you can get as well some good shots, which we see every day, every hour in the net. But uh, here in India, as soon as you raise your camera to your eye, you will invariably be aware of several pairs of eyes looking at you and at the camera. And of course, being a Westerner, uh, You mostly will be dressed di differently, you will looking differently, and that this doesn't help to keep a low profile. Uh, my strategy in this way is to shoot uh, kind of quickly and uh, mostly from the hip. Uh, but if you are in a real crowded area, if you are staying there long enough, then people don't notice you so much anymore and uh, you can get some really good shots. Oh, what did I do else in 2017? I was bringing out my analog cameras much more than before and I noticed that the global interest in film has as well augmented in 2017. It's like a renaissance. Uh, there are some films dying out on us but there are some coming in and uh, if you want to go analog and want to be an analog shooter that's a good time to start. 
there's uh, it's not so hard to find good and reliable old cameras for decent prices starting from just pick one uh, pentax k1000 which uh, can be very affordable up to some pricey 35 millimeter leicas cm6 comes in mind uh, but there are a lot of different brands and possibilities from 35 millimeter to 120 millimeter in between i will uh, give you a, a link to an internet site about the best vintage cameras i found from gear patrol they have quite a nice collection and uh, anyhow uh, in your thrift store or ebay or At your local camera store, you'll find some old second-hand cameras and, and we'll have a choosing out of them, I think. And... Speaking of analog uh, shooters and of uh, manual analog cameras, there is something new in the market now, which will be ready to be shipped, I think, in at least middle of the next year. I'm not sure, but uh, as I said, I will put it as well in the show notes. This is a new camera. Uh, the, after 25 years, the first new manual SLR camera in 35mm. Uh, it's called Reflex and uh, this is uh, a camera which ships normally with a 20, M42 mount, but they have mounts as well for Nikon, for Olympus, for Canon and Pentax. Yes, that's it. And uh, they have a modular uh, setting, so you have a film bag, you have the camera housing and you have the mount where you can put different lenses on depending on the on the mount you choose uh, and this is quite ingenious no? you can only you can not only quickly change film by swapping the bag uh, you can also change to different film middle of the shoot and finish the roll on a later time shooting in 400 uh, other and going to 1600 or shooting black and white and going to color no issue and uh, on the same time they are connected with a enterprise who makes some film it's called Silberia they are as well from Russia St. Petersburg and they will come out with a new film and There are as well new color films coming out this year or at least in, in the beginning of spring 2018. Beginning with Kodak Ektachrome Lomography is still very strong. They have a color negative F2400. Then Cinestills, they have good color films. 
and Rolai Vario Chrome came out with a film and uh, it was not only on the color side as well on the black and white side you get some from the old uh, Ferrania uh, Enterprise which is over 100 years I think now and Ferrania P30 then Berger Pranko, Pankro has some 400 film in black and white Cosmo Photo brought out some new film and uh, the Japan Camera Hunter has a new film it's called to my knowledge street pen but I will verify and put it in the show notes as well So if you are a beginner and uh, just got your new old camera uh, and want to try it out, if you are going for black and white, I would recommend uh, three films which are quite good uh, and they are not so difficult to get hold of them. It's uh, Ilford Delta 400. The Kodak 3X400 and Kodak T-Max 400. So they are very, they have a very good uh, elastic that you that you can't go wrong. So even if you miss a little bit the exposure, you will get something out of it. And if you are more into color, I would recommend you start with Kodak Porter 400 or Fuji Superior. That's about the film. What at the end of the year, I want to give you just another podcast from someone I heard a lot in the last years. And this is from Jeff Corder. He has a nice uh, podcast and it's called History of Photography, where he teaches different time areas of photography history. And I think it's quite well done to know about our forefathers, what they did and what we can learn from them on one hand and what else they have already done, which we are just starting to do nowadays. Uh, thinking in this terms, uh, when we are looking at HDR nowadays, so there was a Russian guy in the 19. 2030s who did something alike already in the analog world. I will give you all these uh, links uh, in my show notes and I hope you had some fun listening to my bubble 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 and uh, I will be back in about 14 days and if you have any comment please write on my blog and on the show notes. Thank you. Bye.